Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. It's where every day, you and I, we get together, we have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and we grow in our love for the Lord together. And this year, 2022, thanks to you, uh, we will be getting from the book of Acts to the book of Second Thessalonians. So uh, I really appreciated all the comments and text messages and uh, different ways in which you communicated with me yesterday that what you'd like to do is just keep going at a slow and steady pace and get to the uh, get to the end of second thessalonians so i think that's very accomplishable i've planned it out on the calendar and i think we're good to go i think we'll be able to accomplish that well let's go ahead and have some coffee let's pray and we'll get into god's word let's pray Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how you're working in our hearts. Lord, we pray that as we read your word this morning, you would be watching over us. We pray that we would follow after you. Lord, please, would you be glorified this morning in letting us behold your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are at Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 9 through 18, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 18. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of of the Son, of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Oh, it's a pretty amazing passage. We need to ask ourselves, A, what is this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do in response to these words? So, A, what is this about? Well, this is a continued prayer. We talked about in verses 2 through 8, sorry, yeah, 2 through 8, about how uh, it was this prayer of thanksgiving. Well, now he moves this prayer for them to know something. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. 
what's the content of their prayer? What's the content of Paul and Timothy's prayer for the people at Colossae? And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, the first part of their prayer is they want the people of Colossae to know, to know the wisdom of God, to understand God's will, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as their minds are renewed, as they sit under the revealed will, that they might know what God requires of them and what God is doing in the world. He wants them to have wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may, right, uh, I, I need to make something very clear. Biblical wisdom is not just intelligence, but it's knowing the right things and that affects how we walk, what we do, how we live. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, if we have biblical wisdom, it translates into both holy living and holy loving. Loving God and loving others. Wanting to know God more and more and walking in holiness. Walking in godliness. See, he wants them to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then this last portion, this increasing in the knowledge of God, he's going to take in verses 11 and then through a whole bunch of the first chapter, and he's going to tell us about, just give, it, just give us a little taste of what this knowledge of God looks like. Verse 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience, long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He wants them to be strengthened. That's what he prays for in verse 11. He wants them to be strengthened according to what? According to God's glorious power. But this glorious power, this strengthening that comes from the knowledge of God, what does it do? For all patience and long-suffering with joy. Right? That they would endure. That they would be slow to anger. They would do that with joy. And that they wouldn't just do it with joy, but the attitude of their hearts, verse 12 giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Notice, it doesn't say, you know, who saw that we were qualified, but has made us qualified. How? Because he redeemed us. Because he imputed to us his righteousness. And so as we look at this passage, we will see this beautiful prayer that Paul wants them to know God. Paul wants them to bear good fruit. Paul and Timothy want them to walk in holiness, to have patience, long-suffering with joy, to give thanks to God that he's qualified them for his inheritance. 
for he has delivered us from the power of darkness, verse 13, and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love. The kingdom of the son of his love. Isn't that a beautiful description of the kingdom of Jesus Christ? It is God who has taken us out of the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. This is my beloved Son, in whom, I'm, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. We're brought into His kingdom. That's something we ought to give thanks for, as we talked about yesterday. And then verse 14, in whom we have redemption. So this is in Jesus. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has liberated us from our sins. Jesus has bought us from the bondage of death and corruption and God's wrath and has made us objects of his mercy and of his grace. He, this is Jesus, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Did you catch that? He is the image of the invisible God. The Greek there is, he is the icon of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, there's a debate here. What does this mean, the firstborn over all creation? There's two schools of thought. Let me give them to you, and then you can go study it out and think for it yourself. But... Uh, Psalm 89 is this royal language of the son inheriting a kingdom and being given all the rights and the privileges and all the all the things of the kingdom. And some people say this is what Jesus is being referred to as as the firstborn, not in that he was actually, you know, the created by God. That's that's the Arian heresy from the early 300s. But what he's saying is that he has given over a kingdom as the royal heir. The other interpretation of this is that this is speaking of Jesus at his resurrection and that him being the firstborn is him being the firstborn of the resurrection. And then it's tied to Psalm 89 with the royal language of receiving the kingdom. And so uh, I'm personally in favor of the resurrection uh, idea there. Other people say they're not so certain that's that's there. I think it is speaking about the firstborn of the resurrection. Uh, we can debate on that. That's okay. In whom we have redemption through the forgiveness, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, notice how wonderful this speaks about the power of Jesus Christ and his role in creating the entire universe. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. The computer or phone you're watching this on right now, that was created by right the Christ everything you see in its earliest material form 
right? Yeah, it's that somebody might have actually molded the plastic, put it together, made the glass, but where did the silica come from? Where did the polyurethane come from? Where did the raw materials came, come from? They were made by and through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the divine logos. Jesus is the divine word. And so when God spoke, all things were created by and through Jesus Christ. But not just by and through him. All rulers and principalities and powers, they were created by and for him. For him. Everything. Everything in creation was created to cry out glory for Jesus Christ. And so verse 17, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. This is why Jesus, when he's talking with his own people in, in, in Jerusalem, he's, well, maybe he's not in Jerusalem, I forget where he exactly is, when he's in the area of Israel, they're arguing, and he says, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was before all things. Jesus is eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's without beginning. He's without end. Before the earth was, there's Christ. Before the universe was, there was Jesus. This is why Jesus says he came down from heaven. Now, this, this caused people to stumble during his day. Go read the book of John, and people aren't happy about Jesus saying he came down from heaven and he's going to ascend back up into heaven. But by faith we believe these things. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jesus has got to be first. First in the church, first in our souls, first in the universe. He has preeminence. He's the head of the church. I, this is one of my favorite things that uh, in our tradition and in, in the Reformed Presbyterian Church, every single time the elders have a meeting, when we constitute the court in prayer, uh, we always open and we adjourn. We close the, the elder meeting. In the name of Jesus Christ, Zion's only king and head. He's the only head of the church. He's the only king of the church. He's the one we listen to. He gets preeminence in everything. So we need to ask ourselves, A, what's this about? Right? As Paul is praying that the people would know these things and walk in these things, what's this about? This is this prayer, but what do we underline? Well, it's, I would probably underline verse 9 because that tells us that this is a prayer. And I think when he's talking about the knowledge of him in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, I think he's going to explain that in the following verses, so I'm not going to underline those, uh, but I am going to underline verse 15, because I think that gets at a different part. Not necessarily a different part. He wants them to know something, and what does he want them to know? That Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. I think that's what he wants them to know. That Jesus is the icon of God. You want to know what God looks like? Look at the sun. This is why Philip says, 
to Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus says, how long have I been with you if you've seen me? You have seen the Father. How amazing is it that the majestic God of the universe, who created all things seen and unseen, humbled himself into the likeness of man, under the law, under the curse of the law, to redeem us. What's the best verse? Or what, what's, the, what's this calling us to do? To love Jesus Christ and to walk in his ways. To give thanks for the redemption we have. That God in the flesh, Emmanuel, dwelt among us, has saved us, and has loved us. Something to rejoice about this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you. <laughs> For our Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray that to him would be all the glory. <laughs> For he is first. He must be first. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you for sending your only begotten Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the King of kings and Lord of lords watch over your soul today. May you rejoice in the redemption of Jesus Christ. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural Southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.